Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Use the Game Podcast. Alright, so cool. Alright everybody, welcome to another edition of the Use the Game Podcast. Today I have Mr. James Boyd of the Northwest Indiana Times. Um, so James, man, I appreciate you jumping on with me. Um, just want to, you know, kind of get your, your story, your background, um, kind of become popular around the region, man, as, <laughs> as everybody calls it. Um, and I know you're an Illinois guy. So just uh, tell me tell me uh, about your your background and how you kind of got started interested in uh, sports journalism. Yeah. So um, it's funny you uh, interviewed me about this. I actually had a, a girl from IUPUI reach out to me yesterday asking a lot of the same questions for our journalism class. And um, for me, uh, as you all know, I love sports, played basketball in high school. And then when I got done, um, obviously wasn't, I wasn't a great player or anything like that. I was just a player. Um, but I loved the game. And when I got to college, um, I was trying to figure out, okay, like, what do I want to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was kind of hard to figure out what you want to do when, you know, for four years of my high school career, I invested a lot of basketball and sports and, and stuff like that. And it's over. So, um, I always knew I liked writing. Um, I had friends that told me I had, I had a way with words. So I went into communication to start. Um, it was broad, and I thought, okay, like, you know, whatever, I can get a communication degree, and hopefully that can get me somewhere. I had no idea. And then I took an intro to journalism class, I believe, my sophomore year of college, and uh, I loved it. I was talking to my teacher, um, Jennifer Follis, uh, after every class, and she told me, okay, I'm tired of talking to you. Um, go to the school newspaper, the Daily Illini, and uh, she put me in contact with uh, my editor, Peter, Peter Bailey Wells at the time, he's now at the Boston Globe, but, uh, you know, I, I talked to him about how I wanted to get into writing or possibly try to start, and um, he treated everything like it was a real interview for, like, a job, and uh, I ended up starting off with uh, men's gymnastics at the University of Illinois covering that, um, and it kind of took off from there. I changed my major from communication to actually broadcast journalism, um, radio, uh, television, and stuff like that, but then since I had already had an end with the newspaper, I kind of stuck, you know, with doing that on the side of all of my, you know, broadcast journalism assignments and stuff like that. But um, for whatever reason, man, I think the print just kind of drew me in, um, you know, being a beat writer drew me in and, and slowly I worked my way up from, you know, men's gymnastics to uh, softball, volleyball, ended up doing women's basketball. And then I, my senior year, I did a, an internship with the Associated Press where I was uh, covering men's basketball and football for them. And uh, that was super intense, but that's kind of how I got my foot into the door and kind of how I rose up in college. And I believe that, you know, obviously having an Associated Press um, next to your name helps when you're looking for a job. Right. Okay. So how does it, so how did it feel as far as, I know you said it was a rush, but um, from a uh, typical work day um, where you're covering a Big Ten sport, uh, mm -hmm. what's, it, what's, what's that like if, for, for the people who are listening uh, yeah. So it's pretty um it's different than what I'm doing now as a high school sports reporter. There's not as any I guess uh loops or I have to jump through to get access. You know, like even now you could just hit me up, we could talk, but right. when it comes to talking to Brad Underwood at the University of Illinois, you're not just gonna call him up. So it's a lot of press conferences and um, you know, basically the trade-off for me was basically trying to figure out, okay, I gotta be at class at this time, but they got this press conference at this time. And a lot of, and they don't really schedule that stuff around, you know, your, your class schedule. 
Um, right. It's a business down there. They have people from the Chicago Tribune and, um, you know, the other local papers down there. That that's their job. So they set it up more so to accommodate them. And um, I'm, I'm very glad that a lot of my journalism teachers were willing to let me basically kind of skip class sometimes, go to the press conference. They felt like it was a better experience. But then there were some classes where I was like, you know what, like, I might have to just be late and, and just go. And I feel like the experience of actually covering real stuff helped. But um, typically when you're down there, at least for me, it was probably about two or three press conferences a week um, that you have to go to. And then obviously you have your, uh, you know, your, your post-game press conferences after every game. And, again, you don't always get the players you want to talk to uh, after the game. Obviously whoever has the biggest game usually you can talk to. But getting access to certain players isn't always easy if, you know, there's 10 media members and eight of them ask for one player. You ask for this other player, they listen to the eight. So we're trying to, uh, you know, figure out how to write about the same things as everybody else, but do it your own way and do it better. I mean, it's a competition. I, I learned a lot from people down there. I still love a lot of those people who helped me get to where I am. Uh, one of them being Shannon Ryan at the Chicago Tribune. Great woman, great person. But uh, it's competition. So uh, it was different, man, especially being a, a college uh, journalist, I don't think you always get the respect that you might get from the people that, you know, have done it for 10 years. But I think uh, after I got in, I had to kind of tell myself, like, hey, you belong here. Um, a little of that imposter syndrome might kick in where you feel like you don't belong. But uh, I had parents and, and mentors and people down there telling me, like, hey, you know, you're in there for a reason. And um, again, it's just everything is so formal. Everything's organized. There is no just popping up. You got to be organized. You got to stay on top of it. And then with the AP, I pretty much had a story due probably about three times a week. You had a game story, a feature, maybe a preview. Um, but, you know, again, uh, one thing working for the school newspaper is you could turn stuff in, but they pretty much accepted anything, you know, just because they was happy people had people writing and stuff like that. But with right. AP, they got to be good. If exactly. it wasn't good, they would tell you it was bad. Right. So that was, uh, that was humbling. Okay. So how do you remain uh, objective and, you know, not put – your personal feelings, you know, into your stories or when you're covering a sports team. I know you said you had to cover uh, gymnastics. So with covering gymnastics, you're so well versed that you don't really, you know, you're, you're really, uh, you may see something like, man, that didn't work. You know, now you wow. get to the, the big sporting uh, news and they kind of put their personal feelings and they start calling people out, but yeah. you cover a high school. So how does that play a role into how you report? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing I had to learn when I first started, and now I can I can cheer for my line again, but when you're in the press box, for example, you can't cheer for anybody. And uh, my AP editor at the time, uh, when I first started, he basically kept telling me, like, hey, you know, don't say we, don't say us, you're not a part of the team. I know you go to school here. I don't even have classes with some of these players. But right. you have to be a professional. So that was the biggest thing. And obviously, um, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't know if uh, journalists really come out and say it, but I mean, me personally, I, I feel like you always go into a game um, thinking you know who's going to win or even having a personal preference of who you want to win. Right. But to me, uh, that type of stuff is, is, is good for like the, you know, the Skip Baylesses and, and the, right. you know, the Shannon Sharps of the world. And people kind of forget that, you know, when you look at Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, they were beat writers for a long time and some of the best out there. And that's how they got to that platform now where they could get on TV and say whatever. But um, they had to be objective. And I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, especially with high schoolers, is being fair. Um, I'll probably be a little more, uh, maybe not, I won't say harsh, but just more uh, blunt if I was in, a, in college because they're grown men and women. Right. And they have, you know, coaches and things like that. And they've kind of been through it before. 
But with high schoolers, like, you know, if a person drops a pass for a touchdown in the first quarter, it doesn't have much of an effect on the game. I'm not going to point that out in the story because it feels like it's not fair. Right. Now, if it's a game went in play and, you know, you could have won the game, then I got to report that. But it's times where I think, like, okay, am I being, you know, uh, fair? And also, you know, I got to remember when I was 16, 17, I would want to read about every, you know, mishap I had and things like that. So um, a lot of it now is just trying to make sure that I'm being fair to both sides. And even then, when I do have an opinion, I'll do it, you know, in columns, you know what I'm saying, about right. You know things that are more personal to me, but personally, I always have an opinion of who I who I want to win or who I think will win. But um, it's easy for me to kind of stay neutral just because I feel like that's that's the work, and, and the challenge is always to kind of stay honest about it. And I, and I feel like my reporting reflects that. And um, I haven't had anybody really get on me unless I, you know, uh, mess up a score or somebody's name wrong. That's I'm right. still doing it. But all the other stuff, man, staying uh, even kill is is how I think. You aren't people's respect. You can't just uh, sway stuff the way you want it to go, or write stuff the way you want it to go. Because right. honestly, I can take quotes that I've even had with you, Coach. And you know, if I really wanted to, I could spend whatever quotes I talk to you about after after a loss right. and make it sound like make it sound like you won. Right. Exactly. So you got to be uh, you know, you got to be diligent about being fair, and that's my right. biggest thing is that be fair about it. And if you are, I feel like you get more access to coaches and players along the way, which is you know helped me in my career so far in the region. To be able to tell some of these deeper stories about you know people's families and lives and things like that. Right. So yeah, like you said. So how? So being fair. How do you deal with being in, in such a high demand at this point? Because mm. yeah. you're not you're you're not our Stephen A. Because you don't go crazy. But <laughs> um, you know how do you deal with? Because I know when we first start uh, developing relationship and coaches, you know we kind of. Uh, put you to, through the fire a little bit, like, like who, you know, who are you with right, these sports? Right. And it's just like, you know, uh, a few other of my colleagues around the region. So, you know, how do you deal with white, black, Hispanic, and different? How do you deal with because you're fair to everybody? You know, from mm -hmm. from what I've seen from a journalistic standpoint, uh, when you cover, you don't you don't miss a beat whether it's soccer. Now that's your job, but. Um, how do you deal with everybody pulling you saying, James, can you come yeah. out? To how do you, uh, you know, how do you deal with that? I think a lot of it, honestly, is just showing up when you can. Um, like I can do, I tell people all the time, I could probably do 75% of my job from my room right now and just call and never show up, never come to anything unless it's a game. But um, usually about two to three times a week, now that we kind of, relaxed a little bit with the with the COVID-19 restrictions and things that kind of resumed with sports in the region. Um, I'm trying to go to a practice pretty much, you know, probably every other day. I'm in the car going somewhere because I feel like if you show up for people, it, it will show them that you care. And I want them to know that I care and you're worth my time. Um, there are times where, um, you know, I have to probably do some phone calls. Even now with fall sports kind of wrapping up and then winter sports kind of picking up, um, me being our only full-time sports reporter, there's a lot going on. I, I've got to send out emails and do a bunch of phone calls, which I don't always like. But I think now that I've been here for, you know, two, two and a half years, it, uh, you know, gives people that, I guess, that grace to allow them, allow me to talk to them, allow them to know that I care. But a lot of it is just showing up when I can. I tell you all the time, I can't be everywhere. I want to be. But, um, you know, I, I try to contact coaches, reach out to see what's going on. And then I also tell the players, like, I follow a lot of them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. All of my social media is open because I feel like, you know, tip out there for you uh, athletes. Everything you post is, is, is public, whether you got a private right. account or not. Right. Um, but, you know, I allow the kids to DM me, hey, if you got a story idea, hit me up. 
you know, if you got, and I might not be able to do it this, this day or this week, or I might not, you know, be able to write it myself, but I'll pass it along to our other reporter, you know, Hey, I know you're going to be at this game t- tomorrow. Hey, this is the angle you could take. So a lot of it is just trying to keep myself open and um, showing up when I can. And also uh, every now and then uh, working on the days I'm probably not supposed to be working. I mean, it's, right. it's the nature of the beast, but for example, when um, Trinity Thompson, uh, you know, committed to Northern Kentucky, uh, she hit me up about the story and I was supposed to be off the day she committed. And I was like, you know what, for her to go out of her way to ask me to write this story yeah. um, after the lecture, we kind of built, you know, between me and her family, I felt like, Hey, you know what, James, you can steal two hours here and make it up some other time in the week, to right. knock this story out because that matters. And you see that type of stuff matters. Um, it, it goes far. And I think that helps me again, develop roots within the, the region and also get access to players and coaches when, you know, hey, they'll look like it and see like, hey, he wrote this story. We didn't really have to. I got another one for him right now. So it, it's, it's fun to, you know, be relied on, be pulled in a million different directions, a million different sports. But I think that people know when I show up, when I have the liberty of writing about their sport, I'm going to give them that same love. Like, I don't like golf. I don't like uh, tennis personally. Right. But, you know, I always think to myself, these kids are working just as hard in these sports uh, as the sports that I like, like football and basketball and things like that. So regardless of what it is, it could be bad men for all I care. If right. they put their effort into it, I feel like as a writer, I need to put that same effort into my, the stories and the way that I tell their story. So um, I think they're reflecting the work. And again, man, it, it's crazy. It's kind of hard sometimes, overwhelming at times, but I stay grounded just because I know I can't do it all. But when I do something, I, I feel like I pride myself on doing it well. Right. So now you, uh, and you kind of answered my, you know, your purpose and what's your why. So I really have to get into that, but like from a basketball standpoint, you know, um, what do you feel like are some things being a basketball player, uh, a former basketball player, high school player, what do you see? What do we need to improve on? Or what do you feel as far as the game of, of basketball? What do you see from a, you know, somewhat of an outsider, but you're looking from a, a player standpoint as well. Right. Yeah. So I'm a huge basketball junkie. And like I said, I didn't play at a high level, played on my high school team. I did not start on varsity as a freshman. I worked my way up like every, like right. the typical, you know, typical high school route, you know, freshman and sophomore, I was on JV, junior and senior, I was on a varsity and I, you know, started a few games and had a decent senior night and all that type of stuff. But, um, I think the biggest thing, and I wish I'd have told myself this, uh, you know, when I was back in high school, everybody wants to be the star and stuff like that. And I was a pretty unselfish player to a certain extent, but you always want to be the man. But I think that the biggest thing that I see, especially at the high school level, is um, players, you know, just not knowing or not always appreciating their role and then killing their role. Like, do what you do. Don't do what you don't right. do. Exactly. I think right. that, um, you know, and, and I'll say this, and fans and parents can say whatever, but I'm in a lot of games you'll hear uh, parents screaming and saying this should happen or you should shoot the ball. This No, you should not shoot the right. ball if you right. can't shoot. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? And I didn't have, when we was in high school, now my high school guy, I feel like every time I drive past it, somebody, something's getting built or added right. on to yeah. Romeoville High School. But right. um, we didn't have shooting machines and stuff like that. But you know who your best shooters are. You know right. who's your best rebounder. So I'm thinking, you know, if you don't like your role, you know, work on your game to expand your role, but also do the things you're good at. Rebound, right. defend, like do the little things. I see players, like for example, um, Alina Santiago from Crown Point, uh, one of my favorite players I like to watch in the region. She does all the little, t- all the little things for that team. 
she defends, she rebounds, she hits the floor, and she's a star in her role. Right. So I feel like a lot of high school players, again, you want to be the guy scoring 20 points like, you know, the Davion Davises of the world, but now everybody is Davion. Right. So you got to figure out, okay, how can I help Davion succeed by doing what I need to do to succeed so the team can succeed? So that's the biggest thing for me when I watch these games. Sometimes I put my head down when I see a guy or a girl shoot a jumper. I'm like, you haven't made one all night. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Get a rock up or do what you're good at. Right. So, and it's not a knock on them. I think uh, a lot of the kids give a lot of great effort, but just being honest, that's kind of how I look at the game. Um, you know, slow it down, do what you're good at, and accept coaching. Um, the best thing that ever happened to me was when I was, I'll never forget this, I was in seventh grade. My coach benched me because I shot everything. I thought I was the man. Like, and I, and I probably was the best player on my little seventh grade team, but he benched me. Only time I ever got benched in my life. Right. Um, and ever since then, I was like, dang, like he just kind of showed me. And, I, and we lost that game. Probably could have won it if I won, but he benched me. And he told me, like, hey, you, you, if you want to play high school ball and if you think you're going to, at the time, you know, play in college, you got to understand that you can't just think you better than the team or you, you can't think right. that you're better than your role. And if you think that you're, you know, a good shooter, prove it. The numbers don't lie. The film don't lie. Just so, told my um, guys that. I just told my man, guys Man, Coach, I can go on and on. But when I look at the game, and I love it. I, I, I love analyzing it. I watch a lot of basketball. I don't care if it's high school, college, um, WNBA, NBA. I watch a lot of basketball. People can probably say, like, oh, well, you're – you know, played at a high level, how can you tell me? And I'm thinking, hey, there's a lot of coaches out here that didn't play at a high level, but they are great coaches. Right. They see the game and slow down for them. But like I said, I'm a basketball head, man. I'm kind of missing that. We don't have any basketball right now, but I'm actually right. getting to a, a girls basketball game tonight. So I'm excited. Got you. Well, um, so let's talk, let's talk about this, get, in, get to it real quick. Um, I try to keep it, you know, respect people's time, mm-hmm. different things like that. Big Ten basketball, you got a lot of guys around this area, right? We're in Big Ten country. We know that. And, I, you know, I like I'm, – I'm a little biased to Illinois and Illini, you know, growing up in Illinois myself. So, um, and getting history lessons from a lot of people who are from over, you know. But, again, uh, to a young man who is trying to go Division One, right, mm-hmm. from your eyes – Oh, man. Tell, tell the audience from your eyes – how big, how fast the game is from your perspective. Oh, yeah. So I'll give y'all a perfect example. When I was like, okay, you really got to be special to be special even in college. So when I covered Illinois men's basketball, I want to say maybe two or three years ago, Carson Edwards and Purdue came there and uh, Carson dropped 40. Mm. And I was sitting courtside. Like, you know, they had to set up. <laughs> like I said, when you got that AP label, they sit you down, right? right? You know, but I was right, right. the replay. Uh, the replay booth. So when people had to do the replay, my friends would text me and say, oh, I see you on the TV or whatever. Right. And um, Carson dropped 40. And I and I mean an efficient 40. And I remember he got a steal. And uh, Coach, he went down. And I thought I was going to lay the ball up. He went he went up and, and cocked it back and dunked it like LeBron. And he <laughs> like 6'1". Right. And when you see it on TV, it don't, it's not the same at all. And, you know, I, even guys like I saw Dennis Smith Jr. playing college at, against Illinois. And he's, you know, and Warmer was going 360 between the legs and dunking it with ease. That year, I think they were, they came to Illinois, right? Right. They came to Illinois. I think I remember that game. And seeing these athletes, that it really opened my eyes to one. I'm like, every guy, even Illinois, um, who, who, you know, at the time when I was there, wasn't really that good. They're they're good. Now I'm probably going to be in the top 10 as far as preseason rankings and stuff like that. But every guy there was the man from where they came from. And then to be the top dog there, you got to be efficient and you have to be really good at what you do. For example, 
Carson Edwards didn't miss open shots. Right. You know, Ryan Klein's don't miss open shots. So, and then when you come in and you see guys who are, you know, impact freshmen right away, that's very rare. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people think that, uh, you know, I'm going to go Division One. I'm going to be, you know, one and done. And, and I, I've had people tell me for a year, well, you know, um, you know, well, well, Russell Westbrook only stayed a year or, or D. Rose only stayed a year. And, and I'm like, those are still the, the cream of the crop. A lot of guys right. have to stay a couple years to exactly. even become who they are. But um, I think the biggest thing guys need to know is that, one, first and foremost, Division One is not the only level of college basketball. Right. Go where you're wanted and where you mm-hmm. can possibly play and expand your game. Because um, there are some guys, and I've seen it, you know, when I was in college covering college basketball, there's guys that will go to that first Power Five offer they get or first big-name school they get, and then they don't play right away. You're not going to play right away at Michigan unless you're a five-star. So, if you know, hey, if that's the route you want to take and you want to learn, by all means, go. You know, even with – uh. For example, uh, Brandon Newman from Valparaiso, he was the man in Northwest Indiana, probably the man around the state when he was in right. the running for Mr. Basketball. Right. He went to Purdue and redshirted. It lets you know the guys that they have. So the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I, I really, as a guy even being their same age, I'm like, wow, all of these guys are next-level athletes. And then number two, they excel in their roles, and they were the man wherever they came from. Like, it's some guys who, you know, are at Duke who could probably go anywhere else and start. But, again, just seeing that up close, I was like, wow, these guys are great players. And like I said, um, when Carson dropped 40, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a guy that's going to the league. Because you see the, expo- the explosiveness is there, the, the scoring ability is there. And even then, right now, he's killed kind of like a fringe guy. And I'm not saying right. that's not a knock on him. It's just to be a pro. It takes a lot. And even uh, when I covered uh, Calumet College and I, I covered your guy, Joe. Yeah. Joe, yep. Joe is a bucket. He's a <laughs> yeah. pro. Man, Joe but is again, a pro. But it's, again, it's another level to it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm so yep. that's when it opened my eyes to, okay, there's really levels to this. Because I didn't understand recruiting. I didn't understand what it meant to be a Division One athlete. I didn't even understand their schedules. And something they have to kind of go through to be, you know, eligible to play. Exactly. And, you know, things like that. It's like a job. It's legitimately like a job. And I had people in my classes who were, when I was in college, who would, uh, you know, get mad and say, oh, why did they get a free education just because they could play basketball? And I'm like, first of all, they're bringing millions into this university, you know, money-wise. We can, that's a whole right. other debate. Exactly. But number two, that's a job for them. Like, I had friends on a basketball team, and, and just by covering them, you know, you get a chance to get to know some of these guys. And even, uh, you know, I, I played against a couple of those guys and just open gym. They would come up to every now and then when the season was out, they would come up to uh, our, our little open gym for the regular uh, students and play right. and I'm like oh man like you know these guys are some big dude these guys can jump like right. these guys right. oh wow like no wonder you know I'm 5'10 right. I don't wonder I was getting my shot blocked guys because they they're next level athletes so I think you need to understand that there's levels to this and and also don't don't take it as a knock on your game if you if you're not a division one player like go where you want it and play man like you don't get this time back you know why are you wasting time trying to find that one division one you could be at a d2 Exactly. You know, happy playing, you know what I'm saying, getting better and chasing that dream that a lot of guys don't have. And again, being a pro is not just the NBA. You can be a pro in a lot of different places. Like I said, for example, Joe Bucket, pro, Eugene <laughs> right. German. I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, make it into the NBA right now because of how things are with COVID. Right. But I look at the way he plays and the efficiency and the, and the things that he did at NIU. A school, it was his own Division One offer coming out of, coming out of high school, yep. went there, all-time leading scorer. 
um, you know, scored 20 plus points in three straight years. So the guy is a pro. You got to yeah, understand it. It's levels to this. I'm about to get Gino on here because my first year at Calumet, uh, Gino put up 40. Um, and I mean, I told my guys, like, you know, if you get to the basket, you got to – you got to get a good foul. Like if he, if he going to get to the bucket, <laughs> like not, you know, not beat him. I mean, not, not hurt him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, NBA. And I'm sure he knows what that is now. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Maybe coaches and everybody didn't know it back then, but not yeah. my intent was, it's never to, but again, it's the game of basketball. So when you oh, get, yeah. you know, you're going to tell her, you're going to give a hard foul. Nowadays you get a flagrant for uh, coughing. Right. You know, <laughs> you, you might get a flagrant uh, for coughing on somebody now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and no just to the COVID thing, but I'm just saying, like, if you tap a guy now, you know, you see the game kind of changing a little bit. But, like, Gino was a, a monster. And for him, you know, just to represent his community and do what he's doing now, you know, um, it's great, you know, and it, it yeah. shows kids that you you don't have to go to the biggest school. Go yeah. go to, and you know, like you just said, you're bringing up some points that I stress to my young men every day. And you know, I deal with a lot of questions of how did this person, why did you choose this? Right. Like, man, at the end of the day, I tell kids all the time, like, look, it's about your grades and it's about how you can use this sport to get to where you want to go. And that's why oh, you know, I kind of came up with, with the brand. And, you know, I look at you as a person who, you know, uh, was able to have a love for basketball, but understood that there's yeah. more options for you to still be around the game that you love because you love the game. Yeah. You know? And one other thing, and I know you emphasize this as well, as far as, you know, covering high school athletes and things like that, I think that, you know, kids need to understand, and even when I was in high school, if you love the game of basketball, you're willing to do whatever it takes to always be able to play. So when it comes to grades, when it comes to uh, coming to practice late, uh, like that type of stuff, they're not doing none of that in college at any level. They're not even dealing with that. It, you think it's – you, like they will put up with stuff. For example, like if you're, you know, a top five recruit in the nation, they might let it slide every now. If you if you do something, even those guys don't really, you know, have bad right. work or anything. Like, but they might let something slide because okay, the talent outweighs you know whatever else is going on because the talent exactly. is so supreme. Exactly. But nine times out of ten, you know, you're not Derrick Rose. You're not about to get somebody to take your ACT for you. No, <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna happen. That's not sound Derrick Rose at all. That's right, not Right. But, you know, guys are telling me that I'm like, you're not him. They're right. not finna go through all this for you. Like if you, you know, uh, not willing to work, if you late, if your grades never right, dude, the bench is always, you know, a warm seat. And then they will they will put somebody else in and roll with somebody else. So I think uh, the biggest thing man, I really want to stress to, the, to these athletes, one, you know, be careful what you post on social media. Um, like I said, I, I, I friend and. And, and follow everybody. And as soon as I see something stupid, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm not right, going to snitch right. on you. But exactly. if I see some, you know, everything's a middle finger, or if it's, mm -hmm. if it's weed, if it's, you know, talking crazy about women, this type of stuff, they look at. Mm -hmm. They look at. Believe me, I was in college covering uh, the Illini, and you would have stuff, certain, certain stuff go around. You wonder why a guy, you know, might not be playing or, or a guy right. did something because they broke a team rule. This did something dumb. Now, so, I got a question for you, James, not to cut you off. But well, now, were you were you there – what years, what groups did you see? Did you see Kendrick Nunn? Because I know they had some. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn was there when I was there. And okay. I, had, I hadn't jumped on the beat yet, but I kind of knew what was going on, how he got dismissed, and even Jalen Tate. Okay. Stuff that he went so through. with Simeon guys. And then, right. And so Miles, was Miles Leonard, was he there when you? Uh, no, he wasn't there when I was there. Okay. What big? Um, had a, I'm trying to think. We had uh, Nana Egwu. 
Okay. He was there, the big, a big seven footer. Um, and then we also went through a lot of co- coaching changes. Coaches, you know right. Saying? Yeah. Like, so it was a lot of stuff going on. I think so you that, had gross. You had, you were, yeah, gross John girl. Gross was okay. there. And then, uh, Ballant was there on the, on the women's side. Yeah. Um, there was some, you know, uh, issues and stuff going on with that program kind of before I, I, I got on the beat, gotcha. but even just being there at that time, coach, uh, covering a lot of that breaking news, um, coaches being hired, coaches being fired. Um, you know, and, and even then I had to write like my first article about coach being fired. Like I never did that right. stuff before. I thought that was, I don't know what I expect journalism to be, but you had to be on top of it. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a lot that goes on and a lot that can, you know, getting back to the players that can really cost you your opportunity. Um, so, so don't be that, don't be that player. Right. Exactly. So how would you, so just kind of, kind of wrap it up. If, if people want to, uh, have, you know, if they have questions for you, where can they reach out to you at, you know, just shout some of your stuff out, you know, just in case young people, you know, who may not have that, you know, have that goal. They might be a good high school player and they may not have the opportunity, but they are interested in sports journalism. Yeah. So you can hit me up on Twitter, uh, Romeoville kid, uh, on Twitter, uh, Romeoville kid on, on Instagram. Um, uh, you can email me at Romeoville kid <laughs> at, at Gmail. I try Represent. to brand, brand you know, brand right. Um, you know, Facebook James Boyd, uh, you know, backslash Romeo Ville Kid, of course. Yeah, right, um, right. but yeah, any of my social media it's all open, like I said. You can reach out to me, ask me anything you want. And even uh, I think sometimes uh, I'll be at and I've had seven before, I've been at games and I'll be there early and try to get to the game about an hour, forty five minutes early just to set up. And I've had kids come up and ask questions about, Hey, how'd you get here? And I think I like what you're doing and I kinda wanna do it. And I think I try to take advantage of being young because frankly um, there's not a lot of young uh, sports journalists in the industry, period, but right. just young in the region. I'm like, you know, the, the youngest, I think, reporter in the region. So I try to use it to my advantage to show them like, hey, you know, not everybody going to be John L. Davis or Dave right. or, or guys like that. So you, but you can right. beat me. You can right, write. exactly right. And yep. I, I joke with him. I said, man, I'm undefeated in all the games I cover. Like, I ain't man, like, that's yeah. deep. That is deep. That's deep, bro. And, no, it, and it's fun. Real. And even with my dad, like I, I joke with him and he's very proud. My parents are proud that I, you know, found a path that I like and I enjoy working. Like I enjoy doing things that I do. But, you know, I always told my parents, man, my dream is to go to the NBA. And I was, you know, I want to go to the NBA. And it, it's funny because the dream now is pretty much still the same. Yeah. It's just that if I get to the league now, my career might be a, a little longer because I ain't exactly. got to, you know, run and jump. I just got to wear a suit and tie. Exactly. So, um, exactly. yeah, but anytime anybody wants any questions, hit me up. Um, like I said, I try to get back to everybody. Um, and, and, and believe me, I, it means a lot to me to uh, cover these athletes because I truly believe, especially in, in like I said, and I said before, in Gary, East Chicago, Hammond, and some of these uh, places that get a bad rap, there's a lot of kids um, doing good things. You know what right. I'm saying? And a lot of programs trying to build stuff the right way. Um, I just actually told CJ Cooper yesterday that, um, you know, uh, y'all are like family at Cal UMAT because yeah. it, to me, a lot of the coaching staff, the athletic directors, I see like, oh, they care about these kids beyond that. And I want them to understand that, you know, I can write a story about a lot of these, you know, I can always write a story about who's the best player. That's easy. Right. But I want to write about what makes you who you are, what's your why, what drives you. So yeah. anybody got questions about what drives me or how did I get to where I'm going, man, you can always hit me up. Um, I try to be an open book. I try to be vulnerable. I try to be open. Uh, about everything that I think and, and feel um, and, and, and even the stuff I can't speak, you know, uh, on directly. Right. Everybody know how I feel anyway. So I try to just be real and authentic. And I think that uh, that, that kind of resonates with all the athletes. So, yeah, hit me up anytime. 
Well, I definitely appreciate you jumping on the podcast, man. Just trying to build my brand, use the game, and uh, trying to go. Oh, I got my shirt. I got, I got my shirt, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I gotta appreciate some more gear. <laughs> I got I to gotta get back on it. You know, it's my 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 slow time right now, but I got to get some more stuff out there, man. But, hey, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you be safe tonight going to the game, and um, I definitely appreciate you, man. All right, Coach. You take it easy, man. And as always, hit me up if you need anything. All right. Signing up, man.